Good morning to everyone who's here and to our online uh, campus. We're so glad you're with us this morning. We're going to be turning to Matthew 16, Matthew 22, 1 Samuel 14, and back to Matthew 28 uh, after that. So this morning we're starting a new series called Becoming an MVP Church. And uh, I'd like to see God uh, move in so many ways, but I'm just glad to see that you're wearing your favorite team's jersey. And if you didn't wear it today, over the next two weeks, you can wear your favorite team jersey. That's what we're doing. I'm wearing a Seahawk Bronco jersey. (laughs) I ordered a Locket jersey online, but it didn't come. And I also ordered, you might not like this, I ordered a New York Yankee Aaron Judge uh, jersey. And... uh, I'm excited about uh, just wearing our jerseys and having fun, and that'll take us into the, uh, to the Super Bowl weekend that we have planned for f- some fun stuff there. But in sports, MVP means most valuable player. And when it comes to football, Tom Brady is the most valuable player in football history. He's won five Super Bowl MVPs. So... But for this series, it means mission, vision, and passion. That's what it's about. So it's about pursuing our mission and our vision as a church. It's where we leave our past behind from 2022 and enter into our future for 2023. And so you need to know uh, every church has an assignment from God, and every person has a personal assignment from God, a personal mission. Okay, so let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare... By faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be. And I can have all it says I can have. Today, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it for my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let me give you the definition of the word mission. On your notes, you can write this down. Mission means any task or duty that is assigned or allotted. It means a calling. So when we look at this word, we're knowing that God gives every one of us a task or a duty or an assignment or an allotment of an assignment or a calling. So every local church has an assigned mission And every believer has one too. And our mission and the mission of every local church has two parts to it. So here's the first part. Our first assignment as a church is to build God's church. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I like the way it says it in the Message Bible. It says it this way. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. 
This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Isn't that an amazing verse? I love the way it's said. And what Jesus was talking about was Peter's revelation of who Jesus was. And it's the same revelation you get when you become a believer and when Jesus comes into your life. In fact, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, 5, he says that we are living stones being built into a spiritual house. So just like Jesus said, I'm gonna take you, Peter, and your revelation, I'm gonna do that with every person that comes into a relationship with me. So how do we accomplish that? How do do we do it? Well, first we do it by fulfilling the great commandment. In Matthew 22, a Pharisee, an attorney, which they were both the same synonymous in those days, he asked a question. Here's what he says in verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the laws? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's where we got the title for today. It's a heart and soul mission. So the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we have a heart and soul mission as a church and as believers. And to accomplish our mission, it's going to take loving Jesus above everything else. It's going to take your heart and your soul. It's going to take everything you have within you to make that mission come to pass. Reminds me of the story in 1 Samuel 14 where the enemy of Israel has been very aggressive and he comes and they come and they build a garrison in Israel's territory and there's about 20 of them in this outpost and Jonathan says this to his armor bearer. Just the two of them are there. Jonathan said to his uh, young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving whether by many or by few. So what I want you to first see is that this armor bearer, he's a no-name armor bearer. We never know his name, but we know this. He was willing to do whatever day or whatever Jonathan asked him to do. Secondly, look at these words. Notice these words. Let's go over. How many of you know this? If, if you don't have a mission, you aren't going anywhere. You've got to have a mission. You've got to know where you're going. If you don't know what your mission is, you will stay where you are and you will stay stuck where you are. A mission fuels vision and vision fuels passion. So when you get a mission, you have, you have to do a, or have to have a let's go over kind of attitude in your life. Everybody say that with me. Let's go over. Let's say it again. Let's go over. Now the next line says this, perhaps... Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. I want us to notice the word perhaps, because oftentimes what we do is, you need to know he doesn't give this guy any guarantee. Perhaps. In other words, I want you to know, I feel like we're supposed to go over there and attack this garrison. Perhaps the Lord will give us victory, but I can't promise you that. There's no guarantees. It's like... um, When you come to know Jesus, it's like a pastor saying, when you come to know Jesus, everything, every battle, you're going to win. Is that true? No, it's not true. It's like saying, when you get married, everything will get better. 
How many know that's not true? Now, it, 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 over time, it is better. And over in your relationship with the Lord, it does get better. And you learn to trust and have faith in your God as you go into, these, uh, into your mission. So I, I want us to hear today is this, is that acting on your mission is an act of faith. Giving your, the mission that God's given you, you've got to step out and go for it. And like going, going after your mission is taking action and where there is no guarantee of the outcome but you give your best. It is living uh, life big and it's taking risks when sometimes they don't make sense. And when you do that, perhaps, just maybe, God will do something that will blow your mind. And that is the most awesome thing that comes with the Christian life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, your life will be better, not always immediately other than your sins are forgiven, but how many know you still have to go through some things to grow as a Christian? Now look at verse seven. Do all that you have, this is the armor bearer speaking, do all that is in your mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead, I am with you heart and soul. I am with you heart and soul. I'm with you heart and and soul. I want you to get that in your spirit because we have to have a we, we have a heart and soul mission here and you have to be into it with your whole heart and soul. See, mission is what brings us together. Mission causes us to unite around a common goal and a purpose. And I love the way this story is laid out because it's like, I see the mission, so let's go. I'm with you, heart and soul. And there's so much tentativeness today in this world, I think. And what happens is we have people overthinking and underacting everything these days. And I say that to you to tell you this. I love this armor bearer because he doesn't overthink. He doesn't say, man, if I go with you, I might, I might get hurt. If I go with you, uh, I might not come back. He doesn't say any of that. He, he, he just says, whatever's in your mind, whatever's in your heart, I'm with you heart and soul. Let's go for it. You can count on me. And because of this attitude that he's got, it's going to be done. I'm going to do it. You can count me in. He becomes a hero in the faith. We don't know his name. And I just want us to remember that. You're not in the Christian life to get credit. You're in the Christian life to do what God created you to do. And as you do that, it blows the socks off people's lives. I'm just telling you that. So it's with that heart and soul spirit that this church has been built. It's been people that said, God, I'm doing it with all my heart and soul. And I don't know why you chose Pastor Doug, but I'm gonna try (laughs) to follow him. But it's that attitude that this church was built on, all right? So I I just wanna give out a couple MVP awards this morning because these, uh, and in the first service, we gave one to Tom Lane online. I don't know if he's even listening. And John Gardner, those two guys have been with us from the very beginning doing whatever needs to be done. But there are some other guys that I want you to know about. Uh, I, want you to, I, I want to honor uh, John and Beth McCarty. Where are they? Where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Stand up. Come on up here. These two have been with us from the very beginning. And I, I want you to know, I'll come down to you guys because you're, you're a little old. But these two, have, yes, I think you, she is. She's older. Careful. Uh, careful. Anyway, right, okay, let's don't take away from their MVP moment, okay? 
So they, these two have done incredible when it comes to small groups, when it comes to our city kids, uh, uh, camps, and anything else that needs to be done, they've always been there. We honor you. We love you. You have to give me a hug. John McCain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the second person I want to give an MVP award to is, is Ron Payton. Where's Ron Payton at? There he is. This guy, he's, he's what we call our fix-it man. Whenever we have a problem, the first thing we say is, where's Ron? Can we call Ron? And all these little things. In fact, Ron, you put the carpet on this platform, and he's done stuff in the kitchen, and he, he just fixes everything. That's all I can say. And so would you give him a big hand? We honor you. And bring, bring me back that, and we'll put a name on there for you. Ron and Beth, you can get, bring me back your trophy, and we'll put a name on it for you this week, okay? Anyway, that's just to say we never got that done. All right. Uh, now, as I say that, I just want you to know that these folks or this whole church, every one of you deserve an MP, MVP award, but it's too expensive. I can't afford it, so we're just going to get out of here. <laughs> but God is building his church. And last week I told you all the data of the last year and the growth we've seen over 2022 and years previously. Uh, I gave you attendance stats, finances, fresh start classes, uh, equip classes, what God's doing in missions and all that. But I, I want you to hear today that we are better together than we are on our own, all right? So let's build God's church. And all, all that God has done, it's not, it, I want you to hear this too. All that God has done is, is not all God wants to do, all right? So at Harbor City Church, we want to continue to build his church. And Jesus, you need to know, is still building his church. I've had people say to me, well, Pastor Doug, uh, we've done enough at Harbor City Church. We don't need, no, listen, I'm looking forward to a day where that wall's knocked out. This thing's expanded. We're into three and four services, and we have over 1,000 people coming, and God continues to reach Grace Harbor and beyond. Come on. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church, and I will do it with people who love me with their whole hearts and souls. So he's still building it today. Is anyone thankful for the church? I'm so thankful for the church. Have you ever wondered what it would be like in our community without the church? And I'm talking the church collectively, without the church in our nation and without the church in the world. I'm telling you, great things happen in church and through the church that do not happen anywhere else. Things that happen in church uh, things happen at church that don't happen at school, that don't happen at work, that don't happen at the grocery store, that don't happen at a Seahawks game. You may be shouting and jumping up and down all by yourself in your living room, or you may, you may be doing it at the game itself. But I'm telling you, you know what happens in this place? God's presence shows up. His salvations, people get saved, people get baptized in water, hope and healing comes into people's lives, new beginnings begin to come into new hearts and lives. It doesn't happen anywhere else like it does in church. So the family worships together, uh, they sit together, they serve together, they grow together. People do life together in this church. So to me, there's no place like church. And on your notes, you can write this down. We will partner with Jesus to build his church by loving him with all our hearts, 
souls, minds, and strength and show our world what it means. This is our purpose statement. What it means to live like or live for Jesus, love like Jesus, and look like Jesus so our world or your world will want Jesus. That means we want to be the most life-giving, big-thinking, God-pleasing, people-serving church in Grace Harbor and beyond that we can be. Now, let me just say this. I, I didn't write that down so that we could be competitive with other churches. I wrote it down so that because I believe God wants us to be the, the, a church with excellence and be the best we can be with the church that he's put us in. And we are in one of the least church areas in Washington State. Let's see Grace Arbor come to know Jesus Christ. So let's aim high. Let's, let, we don't want to be a tired church. We want to be an inspired church. We want to be a giving church to everyone who walks in this place. We want to be big thinking uh, as a church. We want to storm the gates of hell and keep moving forward uh, with our God-assigned mission and do it with all of our hearts and with all of our souls. We want to be the most God-pleasing church in Grace Harbor. What I mean by that is this. We want to put God first in our lives unapologetically in every area that we are in. We want to ask God for his permission on all of our decisions. We want to put God first in our finances, corporately and individually, and as families. We want to put God first in our families. We want to be a church that lives for an audience of one. Can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. And we want to be the most people-serving church. Now, I've had people say, I don't go to this church because you're people-pleasers. No, we're people servants. We're people servers. We want to be a people serving church. So like Jesus said, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, serve. That's what he said. So here's a thought I heard from someone. It goes like this. If serving is beneath you, then greatness is beyond you. According to Jesus, you can't be great unless you serve. Every one of us have been designed by God to serve in some capacity. You are not here by accident, and God has not created you by accident to be here in this time and this place for this particular uh, era. He has a place for you on the team. And let me just say as a caution for every one of us as we serve, God didn't create everyone to serve the same. He made everybody with different giftings and different capacities. So don't judge others by them not doing the way you serve. Be glad they're using their gifts the way God created them to do, all right? So we want to be a church of proactive people as well who are not waiting to be served. We want to be, uh, we, don't, we don't want people to walk, we don't want you, if this is your church, to walk in here and nobody noticed me. no. You're not going to be that way. We're, we're going to own this thing with our heart and our soul, and we're going to go around and notice people. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to people's, uh, up to people and say, shake their hands, introduce ourselves, tell them who we are, and make sure they know that they matter in our lives. And if, if you go up to somebody and they go, uh, yeah, thanks for introducing yourself. How long have you been going here? I've been going here for three years, you know. But it, the thing is, I've done that. I say, have I met you before? This is what people tell me. Have I met you before? Yeah, at least six times. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. If you want me to remember your name, 
you've got to come up to me four weeks in a row. It used to be three. I've changed it to four now. Four weeks in a row, and then you say your names. Don't make me guess them, because I'll guess wrong. And then, let me just say this. If you skip one of those weeks, you have to start over. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> wherever I was, let's see. So we're going to be a pe- people that love people, okay? We should come to this house like it belongs to all of us and give it our whole heart and our soul because people matter. Now, let's be grateful and use the gifts that God's given us. Now, this year, we want to strengthen community as well. This is one of our goals in 2023. We want to strengthen connections, and you've seen that on the video that went up. And so if you're a believer, you need to know this. You are safer in community, and you are stronger in community. God did not make us to live life alone. The church was never meant to be just a gathering with a crowd. It's not meant to be that way. Let me say that again. The church was never meant to be a gathering or a crowd. You and I were created for family, and we were created for community. So at the risk of annoying you continually over and over again, I will keep saying, and so will everybody else on my team, Go to Fresh Start. If you're a brand new Christian, get the foundation for your Christian life. Go to the equip classes. Know what it means, what this church is about, how God created you, what it means to be on the dream team. (coughs) Excuse me. Then get on a team. Join a city group. Get connected. Our mission is not just reaching a lost uh, world, but connecting those who come to this house so they can grow and live and love and look like Christ. So... It's not just attending, but it's being connected. It's not just observing, but participating. You are safer and stronger when you are connected. You mature, by the way, when you are connected. Do you ever see a baby do well by itself? No. In fact, I had a guy yesterday, my wife, by the way, she threw a a, a neighborhood breakfast, and it was pretty cool, and we handed out these, she did, handed out these invitations. She walks everywhere, so she handed out the invitations. Made an amazing breakfast, ham, eggs, whatever else there was, uh, cinnamon rolls, all sorts of good stuff. And, and I had this one guy say, I'm never alone. I said, what do you mean you're never alone? He goes, I always have my dog with me. So if you don't have anybody else, you can have your dog. But let me just say, we are better than a dog. Okay, for some of you are like, oh, I don't know about that. I like my... That's true. Dogs don't talk back. All right. <laughs> but let me just say this. Hebrews 10, 25 says, we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the, the, the day approaching. So he's talking about the second coming of Christ there. And believe me, folks, we're closer today than we were yesterday. So we get stronger by being present. We get stronger by being together. And this scripture tells us to do this more as time goes on and a second return is getting near. So if you're distant, come closer. If you're distant, lean in and get part of a small group. Uh, like maybe you're out there because, uh, because you got offended and hurt by the church. I just want you to know, The church can be a mean place sometimes. Some of you are mean, by the way. (laughs) But let me just say this. Even though the church can be a mean place, 
it's still better than not being connected at all. And we learn how to forgive and work through things so that we can make Jesus look good. Okay, now another thing I believe is our mission this year and every year, I want to see this happen. And that's all kids become city kids. All our kids get involved in city kids. I grew up as a Sunday school kid. I grew up in the church. And I just want you to know, as we do this, then, they, then, then you become a Harbor City youth, uh, young uh, teenager. You get in the Harbor City youth. And then if you're staying, still hanging around after high school, you get involved in CAB, college and beyond, and, uh, which is our young adults from age 18 to, what do you say, 30-something on there, something like that, in your 30s. So you need to know some of our best teachers grew up in church uh, as, as city kids, and they still love city kids, by the way. And then they went to Arbor City Youth, and then they became part of college and beyond. Today, I want you to hear from one of our young ladies who was a city kid all the way through, basically born and raised in this church. And I'm so proud of her parents uh, for, for raising her like they did. And uh, that's because your phone was too close. That's okay. So anyway, I love her very, very much. I've had the privilege of getting to know her quite a bit the last few years. Give Ava Poehler a big hand as she comes to share. Good morning. I'm Ava Poehler, or as I'm more commonly known around the harbor, one of Stephen Hillary's kids. Um, as proud as I am to hold that title, I'm here today to share with you a title that I am more proud of, and that is Daughter of God. I grew up in the church, in City Kids, and hearing Pastor Doug preach every week, and my family would pray over meals, and we would go to church camp in the summer. It was at that camp, actually, Camp Wynema, where I made the decision to be baptized at eight years old. Um, we would always go to week of missions at that camp where missionaries would come and speak about their experiences in the mission field. Um, and I just remember that during that week, every year, I felt so connected to the Lord listening um, to the missionaries talk about their work. And I knew I loved God, and I wanted to be a part of expanding his kingdom, and so I got baptized. Um, fast forward a few years, I was hit by severe depression, and at age 13, I was in the middle of a suicide attempt when I heard God speak more clearly to me than ever before. And he said, I am not done with you yet. It's coming again. It's happened for the first time too. Okay, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> um, and he was right. Um, one of the things he did with my life was completely flip the direction I thought it was going to go. Um, during my junior year of high school, I was able to go on a week-long mission trip to Uganda. Um, which was really a spur-of-the-moment thing. Like, my mom was supposed to go with a small group from church, and one of the people had to end up um, dropping out unexpectedly. So I heard uh, mom talking to Lois about it after church, and I looked at him and was like, well, I could go. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm free aside from school, but who needs that, right? <laughs> Kidding. Go to school. My goodness. Um, <laughs> um, so I was kind of expecting them to just brush me off, um, but I'm so glad that they didn't, and I was able to go. My mom was, had been working on getting her visa for, like, months, and I got mine in a matter of hours, so it was very clear that I was supposed to be going. Um, goodness. I went so much longer without my notes this time. I'm so proud. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, I had no idea how much that trip was going to change my life. Um, I feel so lucky to have gone because it was there that I believe God showed me the true joy of the Lord and what serving him is really about. And the kids that I got to spend time with will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, after afterwards, I decided I wanted to pursue a career in nursing with the idea that it would also be useful if I wanted to go on more mission trips. Um, so that decision landed me at Grand Canyon University. Um, however, during my third semester at GCU, I was once again hit by severe depression. I finished out my classes and came home when the semester was over. Um, regardless of how I was feeling while I was in Arizona, um, I wouldn't trade my time there for anything because I made so many good friends. And I was also able to meet Josh Madison, who is my professor. Um, and he is the one who shared with me about Salt Next Gen Ministries. And that is how my gap year was born. Um, so I've just finished four months of training in Nashville, um, where I was working with refugees in the area and growing my relationship with God and learning how to be a servant better. Um, so we had classes that taught us about character and calling, evangelism and discipleship, um, cross-cultural communication, and leadership and team dynamics. And through our outreaches, we were able to talk to Afghan refugees about Christianity. Um, we taught kids the fruits of the spirit. Um, I was able to teach English to some boys that had just moved from Uganda, actually. So, And there were a lot of other um, amazing opportunities that I got to do while I was there. Um, I was challenged to go out of my comfort zone and achieve things I didn't think I could do. God has once again changed my perspective, this time encouraging me to become even more missions-minded with my future plans. Um, so I'm excited to share that in February I will be leaving for Berlin, Germany to spend the second half of my gap year living missionally for three months with my gap year team. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Um, <laughs> We will have the opportunity to work alongside Crossway International Baptist Church, exposing ourselves to a wide variety of ministries like youth ministry, women's ministry, Bible studies, refugee outreaches, and a lot of other stuff. Um, so Germany has over a million refugees, so this is a really good opportunity to reach the nations. Um, and if I saw God move so greatly in Uganda in just a week, I can't wait to see what he does in our three months in Germany. Um, so please be praying for me and my team as we embark on this journey. Um, I've learned a lot during this gap year, and I think probably the most important thing I've learned is actually something that I heard a lot growing up and that I relearned, um, which is you do not have to go overseas to be a missionary. Um, like, think about how many friends you have that aren't Christians, all the people you talk to in a day, whether it's like your family or a stranger at a coffee stand, um, God has placed you where you are so that you can reach the unreached. He's done such a work in my life. He's given me a purpose um, and a reason to live, and I wouldn't be standing here today without him. You did it. Hold it. Would you guys just stretch your hand towards Ava? We're going to pray that God just touches her and uses her. Lord, we're so grateful for this young lady that I've known since she was a baby, came into this church. And Lord, we thank you for the years of training and the years of love. We thank you, God, that you've had your hand upon her from the very beginning. Now, Lord, we ask that in these next year, weeks and months, as she's prepared to go to Germany, you will just continue to be with her, anoint her, 
May she hear your voice like never before. And then, Lord, we ask for every step of the way in Berlin to be ordered by you. And when she comes back, may we hear another great report. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you. So let me just say to you, parents, there's, there, you need to be committed to have your kids in church. You need to be committed to have your kids uh, learn the word of God from the time they're born to the time they leave this place, all right? So be relentless as a parent. Okay, our second assignment. Hello. Our first assignment. I'm doing everything I know how to do. Our first assignment is to build God's church. Our second assignment, you can re- uh, write this down, is to reach unreached people uh, like never before. That's what uh, Ava uh, told about, and that's what we want to do. We not only want to fulfill the great commandment, but fulfill the great commission. And uh, we do this. We want to do everything short of sin to reach unchurched, unsaved people. Without apology, by the way. So some of the last words of Jesus, uh, he, gave us, he gave us this assignment. It's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28. Verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all these commands that I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That should give you great comfort. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, God is with you. So Jesus gave us another part besides building his church to reach people first in Grace Harbor, then in this nation, and then internationally, which is the nations of the world. And we will do everything we can to attract, draw, and bring people to Jesus. I've said this before, but I had a lady uh, tell me years ago when I first started preaching, she said, if, if you will give an altar call every service, I will bring an unsafe friend as often as I can. I don't want them to not have a chance to come to know Christ. So our heart here at Harbor City Church is we build up the believer and we reach the unbeliever. We want you to know every week, if you bring someone to Christ or bring someone here, they'll get a chance to know Jesus. And we hope that we're building you up in your spirit as well. So I just want you to know too, uh, numbers matter. People say numbers don't matter. Yes, they do because every number represents a person. All right? So this year, we want to increase guest attendance. And this year, we want to see salvations increase from last year. This year, we want to see baptisms increase. We did 50 last year. Want to do more. I think we have one this today, right after this service. And this is called the Great Commission, and we're called to do it together. So on your notes, write this, to, write this down. This is the co-mission. This is more than one. It means this. The act of entrusting a person or a group with supervisory power or authority. So every one of us have been entrusted with the mission to reach lost people for Jesus, and then he entrusts us with power and authority. Acts 1.8 tells us this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and why? 
because you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So God's called every one of us to be soul winners. So the question I want to ask you as we go into fasting and praying, who do you know that doesn't know Jesus? Who do you know that doesn't go to church? Who do you know that used to go to church? What's your plan? How are you going to do or what's your next move? And I've had people tell me this, and I've said this many times. Well, Pastor Doug, that's your job. (laughs) No. Thank you. That's not my job. Thank you. That's right. It's all our job. We are all here to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. Great Great teams build great churches. So God has put people in your life and my life that need Jesus, and they are lost without him. So you need to know what your next move is. And as you're praying this next 18 days, would you do me a favor? Ask God if I'm supposed to give him a phone call. Ask God if I'm supposed to text them or ask him if I'm supposed to send them a note or if I'm supposed to stop by their house. Invite them. Just just know this. If this church doubled in size, we'd be 1,000 people in attendance. So there's probably seven, 800 people that say this church is their church. If everybody showed up, we'd be in big trouble. But we're going to keep going the way we're going, all right? And just so you know, this is not about Pastor Doug. This is about a plug for heaven, all right? So what's your plan? Because people are not in your life by accident. And then lastly, I want to say this. We want to increase our uh, ability and our technology to reach people online. So we, we, I, just, I want those who are watching online today, I want you to know we see you, we care about you, we love you, and we want you to know, we realize some of you are not here because you work, so you work, you're able to watch the services at a different time. Some of you are not here because you're sick. Some of you are not here because you're shut in. Some of you are too far away. Uh, some of you live in rural areas. And some of you are just slept in. So I just want you to know, that's not a good reason not to be here, but you, you, you know, it can work. And it is a good alternative once in a while, all right? Now, I, I just want you to know, we know this. People online are giving their lives to Christ, and we also know this church is reaching people online all over the world, all right? So we're thankful for technology, and I, I just told this to the first service out there that within reach of 72% of people because 72% of people are within five feet of their cell phone at all times. So let me just, mine's, mine's about 10 feet away, but let me just grab this for a moment. This, this, how many have your cell phone on you right now? Your, your smartphone or whatever you have. How many have it? Raise your hand. All of you. How many have been on it while I've been preaching? No, don't, don't, don't. Don't admit it. All right. Now, did you know that your iPhone has more technology and more capacity than Apollo 11 when it went to the moon? You have more technology in your hand than it took to send a person to the moon. So this can be used for good or it can be used for evil, but I want you to know this. Use it for good. So how do you use it for good? You get online. 
you go to Harbor City Church on Facebook or Instagram and you uh, begin to follow us, all right? So you start following us. And then when you hear me preach, you put like. Because the algorithms are made this way. The more likes, the more recognition we get, and the more people will see it, all right? That's the way it works. So just put like, listen to me. Every one of you, I know you like to be liked. Okay, you can say you don't, but you do. I get comments back when I like somebody's stuff, so I know that's true. And then make a commitment to say good things. On the margins that are there, say something good. If do not use Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're on, do not use it to, to voice your negative junk. Christians should be the most positive, faith-filled people in the world. Don't make it about politics. Make it about Jesus. All right. Now, so you can write this down. A great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission builds a great church. Let's stand. My heart today is that all of us that are part of Team Harbor City Church would leave here with the same heart and same soul. That we would all be unnamed armor bearers. And we'd have this same attitude. Let's go. Let's take some new territory. I'm with you heart and soul. I'll do it with everything I've got. In that same story, if you look it up in 1 Samuel 14, God's soul, or 600 soldiers were sitting there under a tree, scared to death with their king, who refused to do anything and refused to trust God. But over on the other side was a guy named Jonathan, the king's son, who said, this isn't right. I, and he stood up and he said, let's go and see what God might de- do. Perhaps he will deliver us and we will see God and do a mighty move of God. Let's be Jonathans and let's be no-name armor bearers and let's win our world for Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to make a commitment to Jesus if you don't know him or if you're a prodigal and you're coming home. And today you might have walked in here just like Ava talked about her struggles. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you've been suicidal. Maybe you just had a heavy heart, but I can tell you this. You know when you walked in here, you sensed God's presence on your life. The Holy Spirit's been drawing you, telling you, today's your day. He's, telling, he's been giving you hope in the midst of all of this. And he's letting you know he loves you, he forgives you, and wants to heal your heart. And you need to know today, today is your day. It's time to give your life to Christ. Don't put it off any more. Do it with your whole heart and with your whole soul. And if that's you and you need Jesus today, would you raise your hand high right now? Don't worry about what other people think. Raise them high. Keep them up there. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. Maybe there's more. Eleven. I see eleven. All right. Isn't that good? God's so good. And here's the good news for all of you that are raising your hand. Let me me just tell you this. You're not doing it alone. We're here with you. We're the family of God. We want to help you grow. So everybody say this prayer with me by faith. Father God, thank you 
for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life and be my savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my king. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. All right, we're going to sing the last song. If I can have uh, prayer people come on up. If you gave your life to Jesus or you need prayer for anything, the power of prayer changes things. Let's get some prayer. Let's worship.